You could easily make the argument that no industry has been hit harder by the COVID-19 pandemic than that of hospitality. The National Restaurant Association reports that during the duration of the pandemic, approximately two out of every three restaurant worker has lost their job at some point. Furthermore, the association also reports that it expected the dining industry to lose a staggering $240 billion by the end of 2020. So the question is, where is the reason for hope? Ken McGarry is the co-founder of Corrigan Hospitality, a nationwide consulting firm dedicated to helping restaurateurs reach their fullest potential through effective leadership and maximum profitability. For the last two decades, he's helmed many successful restaurants, bars, and entertainment-based venues with a relentless focus on anticipatory service, staff empowerment, and attentive hospitality. He joined me this week to discuss the revitalization of the hospitality industry and where the sector goes after COVID to have a robust recovery. I'm Kevin McShan. Let's have this conversation. McGarry has spent his career developing new concepts and training hospitality industry professionals in both Canada and the United States. So we began our discussion by him chronicling his impact on the industry as a whole. Oh, uh, you know what? It is... As restaurants are beginning to open, I think that all of us are in a rebuilding phase. And that's people who visit restaurants and people that work at restaurants. And my, I guess my role in that is to try to make it best for everyone involved. I think that the biggest thing for me to focus on is changing the conversation with restaurant owners. It used to be to where restaurant owners would act like, you know what? Look at all of our awards. Look how great we are. Aren't you lucky to be working for us? And now the best way to attract people to work for you or with you is to say, hey, this is where we are. We really need your help. And to change the conversation from being a restaurant, big restaurant company to being people that just really appreciate their staff because that is really going to change whether or not people are wanting to come back and work there. Because as you know, it's very, very hard to find staff right now in the restaurant industry. 
Yeah, especially with the uh, increased or enhanced employment benefits. So I'm yes. glad that you brought that up. So I'm going to ask you about that and how difficult it's been to sort of find people to work in the industry uh, coming out of COVID. I mean, pre-COVID, it wasn't easy. In 2019, it's not like that we were tripping over ourselves with people who wanted to work in restaurants. But coming out of COVID, it's been that much more challenging. And that has everything to do with the environment that we created. We have to look at ourselves as restaurateurs and say, what kind of environment are people coming back to? Are they working 16-hour days? Are they working in incredibly hot kitchens? Are they not given breaks? Are they being treated like children instead of adults when their managers are talking to them? What is the benefit for returning to an industry that was challenging way before the pandemic? And that's really the focus, is trying to get restaurateurs to understand that the conversation has definitely changed. And uh, to that point, I know that you specialize in anticipatory service and uh, putting people and restaurant owners in a sense of empowerment in the industry. So I'm wondering if you could tell me a little bit more about that. Sure. So I'm sure we've all been at restaurants to where something goes wrong at the table. Maybe something is cooked uh, improperly. Maybe there's an issue with service. And so whenever that's encountered by a server, what they'll typically say is, oh, I'm so sorry, let me go get a manager. And then the manager comes over and the manager has to handle these things. And all that really does is it disempowers the server from being able to have control or just really enjoyment of the interaction with their guests. And it turns managers into just firefighters and running from table to table and putting out fires and comping and voiding. And it doesn't give anybody the ability to truly be in hospitality for the reason that we are all supposed to enjoy it, which is simply, we like having people in our space. It, much like a party at your house, we like to have an environment to where we're welcoming, we're throwing a party, and you're truly going to enjoy it because the, what we've created is something that we're proud of. And if you're spending all of your time treating your staff as though that they are children instead of as equals, then you're not going to create an environment that truly anybody thrives in. According to survey data released by Restaurant Canada, it found that 8 out of 10 restaurants have been operating at a loss or barely scraping by during the entire course of the pandemic. Restaurant Canada also says that nearly half, 45% of all food service businesses has been losing money for more than a year. I asked McGarry to chime in with his thoughts on this very subject and how the trend gets reversed. Yes, I think that there was an, during the pandemic, that there was a being able to buoy restaurants with government assistance. We saw this here in the U.S. I'm sure it's very similar in Canada to where places were able to stay open based on that government assistance. But when everything began to reopen, it really was a race and a scramble to find good people to get the places back to proficiency. 
And that eight out of 10 number, I mean, restaurants already had a tough failure rate to begin with. But now that everybody's vying for the same thing, and I mean the same thing, chicken wings right now are completely impossible to get to. I believe it's Wingstop that just now started doing chicken thighs because literally everybody wants chicken wings. Everybody wants staff. Everybody wants this because everyone's opening in kind of the same time. And with that sort of failure rate, it's going to be on the restaurant managers and the servers and the bartenders to truly hold restaurants accountable for the ones that they're willing to focus their attention on. Because that's the that's the big control. If there's any shift that has happened, it's the power is in the hands of the servers and bartenders and those people that choose to work at a place. Because if you're good at what you do as a server or a bartender or a restaurant manager, you can literally work anywhere. So they need to work for only the places that appreciate them and treat them accordingly. And this situation can, as you know, brings new uh, opportunities to explore new business models and opportunities as we're trying to redefine what the normal uh, way of doing business is here in the restaurant industry, like delivery concepts or uh, human capital sharing. So I'm wondering if, if you had an thought on if this pandemic has taught us a new way to be more efficient in the restaurant industry. I believe that there are services from a software standpoint that we're getting to. Um, I am admittedly old school, so I'm trying to get myself to a comfortability of being okay with it. But uh, table tablets, uh, phone ordering that's integrated into your point of sale system, things which don't necessarily remove the server as much as allow them to have more tables and have a better interaction. So if you need another drink, you're not having to wait for that server to go write that down at your table and then go put that into the POS that's being ordered at your table. I haven't really decided on where that level distinction is of the type of place that would benefit from that. I can't see it necessarily in fine dining, but more of a gastropub or more casual environment. I definitely see the opportunity, which would actually empower the servers to take more tables, to be able to give them true hospitality by communicating with them and not doing the basics. And then would also allow us to use some of those people that like run food or bus tables and cross train them and utilize them on the line, prepping and serving food. Yeah, we talked earlier about the role of government in uh, keeping people home because of increased uh, government unemployment benefits. But I'm also curious to ask you about the role government plays to get people back confused in working in the re restaurant industry. Is there something you would like to see from a government level to sort of jumpstart the industry again? It's such a challenging question because if the role of government didn't exist a year ago, um, I know a lot of people, including myself, who would have really had a challenge. And I think that that's real is that people, businesses were held together because of government assistance. People were able to keep the lights on in their places because of government assistance. That globally helped us when we as a, a nation and as a 
as a globe were closed down. Now the challenge is the incentive of keeping people who still make uh, similar money that they would on government assistance, and which is kind of a telling statement of our industry as a whole. If our competition is government assistance, then maybe we as a restaurant need to re-examine that. Maybe our compensation level isn't high enough to where you can make more money on your couch than you can actually working in the restaurant. And I think that that, from a restaurant standpoint, is a very valuable conversation to have. And from a government standpoint, really running the line between supporting the people that truly need to versus the thing that would reinvigorate them to possibly return back into the workplace. I also asked McGarry to weigh in on the importance of the following as we weigh the recovery of the hospitality and restaurant industry. Understanding cash flow, working capital, mitigation factors, profitability, and operational impact. When we talk about things about uh, uh, such as uh, understanding the importance of uh, cash flow or uh, understanding working human capital or profitability versus your operational impact, uh, I'm wondering how you look at those things as it relates to a robust recovery in the restaurant industry. Well, I think that it is you have to first look at what it is that you're selling and make sure that you have an understanding of the cost associated with it. I'm often surprised at any point in our development. I'm often surprised at the number of restaurants that I encounter that don't truly have an understanding of cost of goods and what it takes to put that meal out and to serve that to the guest. Being able to have an understanding of that then leads to the profitability. The other aspect of that is obviously the labor component because in most places, we're having to do more with less. We're doing as many people, guests coming into restaurants with half the staff. And there's a viability aspect that's happening right now to where restaurateurs have to make a really tough decision, which is, do I seat the entire restaurant 100% and then everybody gets not great service because everyone's stretched too thin? Or do I tell people that there's no place for them to sit even with, though that there's empty tables? And I think that the latter is the better example that we build slowly and be honest with, our, with the people that are coming to restaurants and saying, well, this is why we use reservations is that we know that we can take this many people this many times. And if you try to walk in, be respectful and understanding that that profitability is not the first driver, it's the hospitality. And if we just jam it with too many people, it will fail. And I, I'm curious, can I ask you, have there been any trends that have surprised you over the last 15 months that you weren't expecting? Uh, definitely the, the table tablets beginning to replace uh, servers has been very interesting. The ghost kitchen aspect to where chefs uh, their menu to substantial, and I, I'm 
actually kind of in love with that. That so if you live out in an area to where you don't have access to incredible chefs, but those menus are available to you via delivery through virtual kitchens, then that's an perfect utilization of kitchens that might not be fully maximized right now. So the, the rise of that is good. My hope in that is that that continues now that people are coming back out to restaurants. And anecdotally, it kind of looks like that it is, is that you're not seeing too much of a dip in takeout. Uh, curbside is definitely, I think, taking a little bit of a nosedive. It's either you have it delivered to you or you go to the restaurant. But as far as having delivery, I see that as still being robust. And I think that's going to be a, a part of our restaurant culture going forward in a big way. I wonder again uh, what your message would be to someone that has spent their entire career in the hospitality industry and who has uh, struggled to sort of find their footing uh, post-pandemic. What would you say to that person? I think that I would say that you need to figure out if you're in this industry and for what reason. If you're a server and a bartender or and it fits within it, it works with your schedule it works from a compensation standpoint and it is a position that you see it works for you right now then that's amazing and we're glad to have you if you choose that you want to move into restaurant management then you have to figure out why what is your reasoning for doing that because restaurant management means that you now are making half as much money for try twice as much work Literally, because if you're a bartender, you're probably making two, three hundred dollars a night to where you're making half that as a. The recovery of bars and restaurants could be viewed as a tandem discussion. As such, I asked McGarry to take a bird's eye view on how this segment and sector of the industry can have a collective renaissance as they look to get back into the swing of things. Well, the interesting thing is that as it all opened in many states, bars were the ones that were traditionally closed. And it was, if you don't serve food, most states had those as being the, not eligible for being open. And then when bars started opening, it was slow and they truncated the hours of operation. And what it actually did for a lot of bar owners is, in the short run, very, very challenging. I know so many small mom and pop uh, bars that went down because of that. But for the larger ones, the big nightclubs, they've actually seen an uptick beyond what they were doing pre-2020 because there's just been this level of wanting to get out and to go experience that level of joy and dancing and drinking and enjoying themselves, which is understandable. And if you think about the demographic of the people that are going to bars, these are also people who by and large have the mentality, whether true or not, have the mentality that COVID doesn't affect them personally, as obviously uh, it probably affected many people around them and people in their families, but from their risk level, they always felt it was quite low. So the 20-year-olds are the ones that are 100% running out in droves to hit nightclubs. So the bounce back, at least here in Chicago, has been un unmatched. 
And I think that we're going to continue to see that. It was just a long road because they were the ones that had the last opportunity to be open. And then that was a very big struggle. Absolutely. And I'm curious uh, to ask you what excites you the most about the future of the industry, Ken? I think the biggest thing that is exciting right now is the fact that the people that are still left, because a lot of people left, a lot of people moved to other states, a lot of people moved to other careers, but there's a calling. There's a reason why people in the industry are in the hospitality industry. And that means that the people that are left are here for the right reason. And they're here because they love it or they're drawn to it, which means that everybody that I get to work with are people that are truly meant to be here. And I am so fortunate and so happy that they are. Absolutely. And you had mentioned that you're coming uh, to me today from Chicago. And I I know that's a big uh, metropolis of bars and restaurants in Chicago. So I'm I'm curious to ask you about how that uh, region's hospitality industry has uh, come bouncing back, buddy. Well, you know what? It was one of the last ones to come bouncing back. It's places like Florida and Tennessee and Texas, southern states started coming back far sooner, which meant that people that needed jobs that wanted to stay in the industry ended up going south. And so at being one of the last states to truly really open and open you know, the way that they have means that there is definitely less of a pool of people willing to, uh, to work in the industry. That said, for the places that did it correctly, the places that during the pandemic were supportive of their community, that they worked to feed everyone, not just the people that work for them, but everybody around them that turned their restaurants into vaccination centers or COVID testing centers so that they had a response to the community as a whole. Those people came out of this in a much better way simply because everyone remembers the sacrifices that they made during the pandemic. And I know uh, the restaurant industry is a 24-7 industry, and I I know that uh, those that are in it get an adrenaline rush because that's what they love to do. So talk, talk to me about getting the excitement back to work in the industry, Bonnie. The thing about being in the restaurant industry is that I have the opportunity to walk table to table and to talk to people and ask them how you're enjoying what we do. And 95% of the time, it's just melt with praise and excitement and appreciation. And it's also the best part of my job. And I think probably the worst part for the chefs because the chefs don't really get that ability as a whole to understand how well received and how appreciative the world is of their culinary talents, which is why as a restaurant manager, spend a lot of time making sure that the chefs understand and we share that information, the positive aspect, as well as any challenges, just so that they can share in the joy of what it is to be in the hospitality industry. I've been in other industries. I've been a writer. I've been a, uh, I worked in newspapers, but I've never found anything that was so chaotic and so uh, insane and so different from day to day, like the restaurant industry. And I think that that's why I've been doing it for 30 years 
is because I truly, truly love it. And every single person I know, all of my friends and my, even my wife, I met through the industry. So uh, does that help since you brought it up that you have, have a wife that understands how the industry works? Kevin, I now understand why rock stars marry rock stars and actors marry actresses because there's no way for people to understand unless you're in the industry. So when I call my wife and I say, hey, you know what? We're going into our fourth turn. Then she's like, yep, I understand what that means. So it's going to be another two hours for your home. And she gets that because she's from that. And she's on the event side. So right now where she's been on ice for a year and a half with places not being allowed to have events in restaurant spaces because of, you know, social distancing. Now that that's been opened, her, I mean, people are having weddings on a Wednesday. So her timing is now insane. So she's the person who's telling me, yep, all right, the bright extended for another two hours. And I'm not going to be home till two. And I go, yep, totally understand. And having us both be in the industry has been absolutely one of the reasons that we're a great couple. Absolutely. And my final question for you, Ken, is uh, I'm wondering uh, um, if you've given any thought to your personal and professional legacy and how you would like that to be defined. I think that my person, well, my professional legacy is this book because it took me gosh, years and years to write. And it was everything that I continue to have conversations about over and over. And if anyone ever wants to hear me talk for five and a half hours, I even have a podcast or not a podcast, a, uh, an audio book on Audible, which so that there is an actual capsule of me. Uh, you can hear me. This is who I am. So I guess that that is my legacy moving on. Uh, my my personal legacy is just the philosophy that I really hope that the people I encounter in my life, that I somehow make their lives a little better for having been a part of them. And that's what I do in restaurants. That's what I do with my life. That's what I do with my wife. That's what I do with my friends. It's, I just really focus on that. Fantastic. And if people want to get connected with you or buy the book, what's the best way they can do that? Amazon is great, but also your independent ones. Uh, your uh, Barnes and Noble, I believe Indigo is carrying it in Canada. Um, Bookshop is an independent one will ship uh, internationally. So that is, those are some great ways. And if you just want a PDF for free, you can visit me at Corgan, K-O-R-G-E-N hospitality. And I'll just be happy to send it to you as a PDF. Fantastic, and I really want to thank you uh, for ha having an in-depth discussion with me about the future of the restaurant and hospitality industry. It's great to see you this morning, and I appreciate a few minutes, buddy. It's most appreciated. I, I appreciate you too, Kevin. You have a great day.